How long have you believed your dad was a superhero? Sarah Paulson has a three-leaf clover tattoo, which means she's part of an ancient organization that's been hiding evidence of superheroes from humanity for like 10,000 years or something. That was... This is... (laughs) (laughs) Lost steam at the end. That was great. That was great. (laughs) Let's go into the second one. This glass is half empty. This is spoilers. (laughs) (laughs) Hey guys. Hello. Hey. So um I just I want to put all the spoilers up front here. As Mikey and I were walking out of this movie, we watched it together in Elkhart, Indiana. We didn't say much. The only thing I can remember being said was Mikey said, Well that was dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Mikey has you're from Elkhart too, like I am. It was there anything redeeming as you thought on this movie the last twelve or so hours? Um, no, because I, even I was hoping that it was at least going to wrap up this trilogy, but I feel like they just left it open to make more movies at the end, which I'm sure we're going to talk about. But I was hoping it would be wrapped up nicely. I mean, the characters die, but I still felt like they're milking it. I didn't like this movie. Jordan, I know that you've seen unwatchable shit and now you've seen ass <laughs> sorry I got jokes rolled up my sleeve for this one dog Jordan, he's, been, he's been workshopping these all week don't worry <laughs> Jordan did you you talked you had to like talk your girlfriend into seeing this movie how'd that go <laughs> I did have to talk her into it um, we saw Split was it just last year or a year and a half ago when it came out two um, years has it been two years damn time flies um she had never seen unbreakable though so i kind of had to explain some backstory before we went in and i had a similar experience on the way out of the theater too we kind of just walked in silence and it was like what was the point of all that (laughs) and speaking of time flying i think the split episode was like episode 47 pappy creator spoilers you hated split it did how are you doing on glass I had a lot of fun with Glass. I don't know what everyone's talking about. I walked out of that movie and I literally thought, wow, this is going to be preserved. That's crazy. Who are you? Mike is in the group thread. There are so many better things I could have been doing with my time. It's like, sorry for (laughs) disrupting your cancer research, Mikey. Sorry. Well, there's also a blizzard here, so it's like a nightmare to drive, and you end up driving to go watch a crappy movie. You feel terrible at it, terrible about it at the end of the movie. It just, I don't know. I thought they were going to wrap this thing up, and then it turns out that... All the characters die. <laughs> they wrap yeah, it up. Yeah, but she, uh, even uh, Samuel L. Jackson is like, this is just an origin story. For mm. like waxing on poetic for like the last five minutes while he's rib cage is crushed about <laughs> this is just the beginning i don't know I don't well, let's get into up. the movie here we'll, we'll get to all of this um i have this movie broken down into four basic parts and i think the beginning is the setup the james mcavoy split part of the setup is it's established that he has four cheerleaders like locked in a warehouse Keep bringing him sacred food and nothing's happening. I, the beast, he showed himself twice to the masses of the broken and, and they're not believing. 
There's no revolution. This seems like something that Tarantino should try to accomplish. This doesn't seem like, I don't know, a split full of torturous parts like this that are like on the verge of getting gruesome. Yeah, and that's yes. one of the parts, Jordan, we didn't like. Remember, we thought it was like kind of like over-sexualizing Yo, those characters at the time. Playing the greatest hits, man. But wow. he's like eating these people, right? He's not doing any weird stuff. That was like what the Beast was doing. He was eating people. Yeah, I guess so. But they still got captured in their cheerleading uniforms. So it's a little bit <laughs> fetishized. What sequence of events led to that? <laughs> that's just the, just as the aesthetic. In Split, I think there was a lot of like torn clothing and stuff involved with these like teen abducted per- people. I, it was just weird. So that's his uh, setup in a nutshell. Uh, Pappy, why don't you hit up Bruce Willis's setup? So this would be going back to the main character from Unbreakable. Yeah, so apparently he's the overseer now, which is, is a pretty dumb <laughs> nickname. I'll admit that. but he is. I like it. I actually do like it. He's kind of become like this internet cult legend where there's like some articles about him, but he basically kind of uh, is your friendly neighborhood unbreakable man. <laughs> and he, uh, <laughs> what does he do? He like, he, I, I guess he like fucks up two kids who uh, like pushed over an old man or something. What did they do? I don't even remember what they did. They sucker but. punched a guy like carrying groceries and like beat the crap out oh, of him yeah. and uploaded this is it so to many YouTube views. Or yeah, yeah. <laughs> jump punch. Yeah, I can only assume Bruce Willis beat these teens down mercilessly, but <laughs> that's kind of what he's been up to, and also I guess kind of searching for these missing girls. Is this kind of like M Night's uh, like reaching out to the young generation with these dudes, like trying to go viral with a little video camera? Like I don't know who even uses a little video camera. I, I don't know. It's no eighth grade, that's for sure. It felt very shoehorned in for the fellow kids. But we needed to see that Bruce Willis is catching bad guys and whipping their ass. I think is the main point mm-hmm. here. Which what would you guys think about the kid too? They brought back the kid. He's yeah. a pretty terrible actor. Oh, he's <laughs> awful. He's he he's basically uh, Bruce Willis's Robin, and is like at the back computer <laughs> triangulating stuff, and he's like searching the area for where these missing cheerleaders could possibly be, and he ends up finding them or whatever, and then sending not sending his dad out there, just like telling his dad the kind of area where they're at. We see these castings every once in a while, where like a. Uh, Leia, where oh. years later they're cast kind of because they were that person and they can't be replaced. So, like, that's kind of what the kid is in this. Could have got anybody. Nobody would have remembered that kid's face. Uh, <laughs> they made a big point of it, too. I, one of the with, big things that stuck with me in the whole movie was how long that first shot is where they show him. And he. <laughs> with, with all the flashbacks, too, like, they're really driving it home. Like, this is the same guy. There's flashbacks, and then he's constantly, he says dad way too many times while they're at the back computer, <laughs> yeah. like just to make sure that you know that this is his son. He looks just like Todd Howard, CEO of Bethesda, and I thought for sure the twist was going to be, it was like a, a, a version of Skyrim the whole time that we were actually watching. And this movie is named after Samuel Jackson's character, Glass, but I don't feel like he has much of an intro. Can you guys remember... Was there any sort of setup to him? I think it's just him in the like mental ward. It's his intro is that picture you keep posting 
of just him cockeyed, <laughs> his head cocked, <laughs> just staring blankly into the screen. Sedated out. Yeah. Yeah, that basically describes his character for the first third of the movie, I'd say. Um, that's that's the setup. Um, before we get into where all three are admitted to the psych ward, um, Jordan, do you want to quickly wrap up how they all got in there? Because it's kind of dramatic, right? Yeah. Um, so Glass is already there, and I'm not sure exactly how. Uh, I'm guessing he got caught after the first movie. Um, but David Dunn, run, or the overseer, like bumps into... James McAvoy, whatever personality he is at the time, like just on the street and he sees that he's keeping these girls in like an abandoned warehouse or factory and so they go and they fight a little bit Um, some pretty terrible fight scenes here and then they finally like fall out of a window and they're about to go at it again and there's like huge flashing lights and this is the intro to I think the doctor and like the police force that she's controlling or she just I don't know, but she like flashes this huge light and it makes James McAvoy's personality, like, on to the next one, I guess. On to the next one. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't like the fight itself, though, Jordan? The I was talking about this with Kirsten on the way out, too. Like, a lot of the shots are... but So, like, that fight scene, a big part of it is that the, the beast tries to grab David from behind and, like, choke his lungs to death. <laughs> I don't know. He's trying to, like, sque- <laughs> squeeze him. And, uh... <laughs> The 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 main camera shot is just like from uh from Bruce Willis's like stomach staring up at his face. He's like eh, eh, eh. and it it doesn't like really do it for of me. Jay-Z with the huge <laughs> nostrils. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> and it's just like him like trying to get squeezed and trying to get out of it and they just crash out of a window. It just doesn't seem like That for... shot is a callback from the village. I don't know if you remember when Adrian Brody was like stabbed. It's like that same sort of I think he's really trying to sell you on the overseer is about to die here. But I, I, it was so dark. You could hardly see any of these yeah, scenes like, in the factory. Yeah. I didn't know if it was just my theater because our theater kind of sucks, but it was so dark. I couldn't see anything that was really happening. <laughs> Mikey, yeah, there same. was like a light that shouldn't have been yeah, on the screen I was, on it. Yeah, I didn't know if that was just the <laughs> shitty theater. Like or a washing machine going the whole time. <laughs> Someone was doing loads of laundry at this. It was like adding to the tension of the movie. It was like, (laughs) anyway. So they all get into the psych ward, and for me, uh, I I think I was still on board up until this point. Um, It's just like so implausible that they're getting all three of these people in the same psych ward underneath the same doctor right across the hallway from each other. Pappy, uh, for people who maybe didn't see the movie, can you fill them in, like, kind of what's going on here? Yeah, so this uh, psychiatrist shows up. Uh, what's her name? Dr. Ellie Staple. Dr. Exposition Jr. Sarah, Sarah Paulson. <laughs> um, but she's saying that she basically has, quote-unquote, three days to cure them. Where? Where is this time frame coming of, from? Of their superhero delusions. <laughs> Otherwise, oh, the three-leaf uh, clover. So who, came up with this, who came up with this three-day holiday weekend that she has to fix these people? I know. It's pretty cool. So, she has, <laughs> so she, she's telling them that they have three days. And like I think we kind of mentioned, Jordan mentioned this, that yeah, the, they're each 
uh, in a room that kind of like neutralizes their superpowers, like David Dunn's surrounded by water, which is his weakness, and the Beast has the big flashing machine that changes him. And they basically kind of have some group therapy and stuff, and she starts to make some strides in convincing them that they're not actually superheroes. And I think that was the most implausible part. When you got these three dudes that have been doing all these things, like in no medical professional field would you bring these people together like this. Jordan, you're a trained psychologist. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, what's the medical science What's the question here? When they okay, when they brought Samuel Jackson, James McAvoy, and Bruce Willis in for that poster in the psych ward, they shot a whole scene. Would that ever be done in the real world, like group therapy? <laughs> Fuck no! I like she goes into like not only medical information but also like deep psychological analysis in front of other patients and like a yeah. host of a host of guards <laughs> in the back, and that's when that's. I guess when the clues start to be laid down, like, oh, she's not an actual doctor, I guess. But Yes. Yeah, it's all a big bamboozle. That's the whole point. Not, it's yeah, not- but it's it, it does take place in an actual psych ward. Like we, and it's so weird, too, because we only see one part of the place, and then at the end, all of a sudden, it's like full of other patients and doctors, too. We only see like three people the whole time. Mm-hmm. And then like when they're fighting, she's like, keep everyone away from the windows, and there's like a million people in there. What the fuck? That's why he went out the basement. Uh. <laughs> he wanted us to see everything. <laughs> um, awesome. So I don't think that Sarah Paulson is a bad actress. I just think like, this is the worst part of the movie to me. This plot line. Comic books are an obsession. Have you ever been to a comic book convention? They sell teen TV shows there. I don't know, Pappy. You seem to like it. I don't know, but if you rewatched it knowing that she's supposed to be lying, the whole thing's supposed to be a trick, a setup, like, would it make more sense then? Like, you're, you're pointing out all these, like, inconsistencies, but that's because she's part of the Three Leaf Clover Society or, but, or whatever. Well, I think, but the Take rest her of- out and let these freak shows fight in the street. That's what I wanted to see. Yes. I wanted to see these dudes kill each other out in the street, destroying see? shit. That's why you're mad at the movie because it didn't. Do, we don't have the big fight at the Osaka Tower or whatever it was going to be. Like he subverted your expectations. <laughs> Subversion. <Yeah. laughs> but that and also, why is that it Osaka implies, Tower in Philly? No why is it named Osaka in Philly? What's up with that? I don't know. It remind me of uh, the Nakatomi Plaza from Die Hard. <laughs> <Is> that, yeah. <laughs> that that also implies that she. And so she's part of this group that we find out at the end, and she like travels from city to city, convincing people that they're not superheroes and/or killing them. So there's no other psychiatrist or psychologist on staff at this place. That's like, wait, what the fuck is she doing? Like, she's the only one there that's an actual doctor, and she's like a transient character. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Hey man, it's a very secret society of <laughs> they got to cut down on the number of witnesses. This kind of has. The syndrome of cl- uh, clone attack of the clones because it's like she's on this whole council apparently, but they just send her to everything and also like convincing them they're not superheroes. Like, is that a band aid of some sort? Like, they're not going to figure it out two weeks after you convince them. It just seems really shoehorned in because he wanted a twist at the end of this movie. It's annoying, Pab. It is annoying, but I mean, he did this to himself. Like, he he's like, there's such an expectation for the twist that he almost has to like 
misdirect right before the end so there can like a twist on a twist a hat on a hat kind of like that's kind of what he's been <laughs> reduced the, to but, but speaking of, of him yeah. <laughs> how terrible is his cameo like I don't oh. often notice continuity errors but like if you got to put yourself in the movie it's kind of like hey everyone look at me and like when it cuts to like the medium shot his hands he's on the looking counter. at the camera yeah and when it cuts to up close his hands are holding the thing it's like i never noticed shit like that but it's like come on shambalamp <laughs> <laughs> well he didn't have anybody capable directing when he was in front of the camera <laughs> i guess <laughs> sorry to believe um yeah. so i what i have is part three of four in the movie is kind of the oceans 11 escape heroes get together sort of scene um, for me, this is probably the most fun part of the movie. Glass wakes up here finally, right, Mac? Right, Mikey? Uh, well, I guess we kind of figure out that he hasn't been taking his uh, sedatives or whatever. He's been kind of hoarding them and switching them with Advil or something, so he's not loopy. But he's cognizant, I guess, of everything that's been going on around him, and he knows that Bruce Willis is there and James McAvoy is there, so. He uh, escapes a couple times throughout the night and meets up with James McAvoy to convince him to join his squad of evil bad guys. Uh, there's a really cool scene where there's like this tall, uh, what are they called? The people that ca- take care of him there at the overnight caretakers? Nurses. I guess there's a couple like caretakers and you kind of get to know their characters throughout the movie and the tall kind of goofy looking one gets his throat slit real quick. Uh, Did did you guys see that coming? (laughs) No, not at all. And I loved it. I wish there was more blood, but is that, is that why his name is Mr. Glass? (laughs) It's preferred weapon. (laughs) What is the? I didn't get the comment he made. Like it took you a long time to bring the right one, or what? What was that about? He said to find the perfect piece or something. I assume it was like a piece of broken glass. Yeah, I, I don't know. With? Yeah, uh, it's a pretty big piece of glass. It would have been easy to find. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the thing that Sarah Paulson. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that Sarah Paulson has been uh, trying to do is do this like lobotomy thing with a laser to Samuel Jackson. And part of his escape that night is he takes out another piece of glass from that machine. Um, I, I don't know. I kind of like this part where he's like tricking everybody and you even as an audience member start to think like, oh, Samuel Jackson's role in this is just to play brain dead. I, I didn't know if he was ever going to move. He's doing a lot of cool acting with just his eyes during that time too. Like when he's kind of all brain dead, but once he does get free, he like, or once he's trying to set them up, uh, you come to find out that like, once he turns the cameras back on, he like does like a little wheelchair dance in the hallway. funny. Just like a pickle Rick. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> Caught you I out think, of your room. I think that Mr. Glasses parts are like the most compelling in the movie like i really was interested in his plan and all of that um i think the execution of it was not great from the director's standpoint but like story-wise that was the most interesting part to me 
Josh, what did you think of the scene that was actually a deleted scene from Unbreakable where Glass is, young Glass is on a tilt-a-whirl getting his bones <laughs> broke? <laughs> oh, dang. Oh <laughs> that poor kid. I mean, I wish they would have shown more of Glass in this movie and given Samuel Dr- Jackson the the spotlight even more so. I think they tried to do it at the end, like really wrap it up with him, but... I, I mean I love that they, there's like they pan above it right after it all happens he just gets screwed up in this tilt a whirl and his bones are pointing in all these weird ways <laughs> his arm is like a, a pair uh, like a, a step it's like crooked in so many different directions it's like steps going up <laughs> fucking gross I think they show that kind of preceding this really weird creepy scene where like one of those caretakers I was talking about holds this heavy flashlight up and is about to like drop it on him oh yeah and he like does this impossible catch of it (laughs) at the last second yeah (laughs) so i mean glass has a pretty crappy life his mom's like advice to him throughout this is to like keep your pride i guess i don't really know where she's coming from does Uh, she support his terrorist acts or something because at the end she kind of like flips when they send out this video, I never understood her motive throughout. She was always like kind of encouraging him, even in Unbreakable, I think. She was kind of like the same. You can always accomplish your dreams of killing people despite your condition, yeah, son. she was always <laughs> like that. Just like, well, he showed the world what he was made of or whatever. It was like, that was like her last thing. It was like, mom, I wasn't a failure. And she's like, no, you weren't, even though you killed 100 people on an airplane 15 <laughs> years ago. Yeah, Proud of you, is, son. Is Samuel Jackson's like 70 fucking years old, and so for him to have a mom who appears to be like 65. Oh, is, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I caught that too. Like He's too old to have a mom like this in this movie. So Glass is his whole escape plan is to basically unleash the beast. Uh, he gets to know James McAvoy's <laughs> characters and different split personalities. And uh, what do you guys think about the scene where he finally meets the beast and there's this like huge tension of whether or not the beast will like him? Uh, I don't know. Samuel L. Jackson kind of goes in there and like propositions him to team up with him. I just don't understand what James McAvoy's endgame is, so I don't know why he's teaming up with uh, Mr. Glass. I guess it's just to escape, but they're going to team up and... Well, Glass convinces him, like, uh, your thing as the Beast is supposed to protect me too, or... Yeah, but... I I don't uh, get it. They're... What Mr. Glass tells them is that they're going to go to this Osaka Tower and just, I guess fuck shit up there i don't know just like rampage in the lobby they weren't exactly clear on the get famous yeah yeah um and so that was their plan to escape there but i guess mr glass's real motive was to end things in the parking lot i i don't know that's what he says is his end game there but yeah mr glass just tries to convince james mcavoy to that they team up and kind of just take over the world i guess or try to take over the world pinky in the brain style do you think the beast had a suicide mission in mind is that basically what him and glass are doing here 
I never knew what the beast was doing, I guess. Is he just going around eating people one by one? That's going to take forever. Well, doesn't he, he's like on the verge of or the horde is on the, like almost going to lose control. Isn't it? Like they're starting to, they're starting to not believe in the beast. So the whole thing was like, we got to show them that we actually are a superhero. I think was his motivation. Yeah. And like from the, from split too, I think that, I don't remember like the exact motives of it, but it's like protecting like the broken and like pure people, like people that haven't been hurt or whatever are bad somehow. I don't, it's all very convoluted. And so I think that when he sees that glass is like suffered, whatever, that that's what allows him to like team up with him. I, that's the end movie logic. I fucking hate it, but I'd sort <laughs> of get it, I guess. Yeah. No real set out plan. Yeah. It kind of makes sense, I guess, to, like, your intuitive nature is like, yeah, they're villains. They'll probably team up. So I guess you can buy it. And uh, he uses the beast to basically just power his way out. I mean, they're breaking through stuff, killing people. And they go through the basement, which I, like, teased earlier. But I thought, like, that whole scene was, like, really fun as they were getting out. Um, James McAvoy turns into the female character and changes into, like, a nurse for part of it. But then um, here comes, like, the ultimate fight. And, Pappy, it didn't happen on top of a building, but I feel like we still got a well-lit real fight. You're talking about, like, out in the front yard area? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty cool, too, because we got a couple uh, red shirt policemen that have to be dealt with as well. So, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I think that... I could feel like people in my theater getting kind of pissed that we weren't going to go to the tower and it was, that whole thing wasn't going to pay off. But I think that the fight here at the end is pretty decent. And like you said, it's, it's, I like the way that it's shot. Uh, it's like the whole thing too is kind of frustrating because it's like Bruce Willis does have super strength. Like, so it's not even like a question of whether or not he has superpowers. He could just like demonstrate those at any time and like confirmed. Yeah. I'm not crazy, but we, it's kind of, uh, I guess, cathartic to, to see David Dunn in action. It is. I agree with that. And I thought the whole escape up through the fight scene was actually pretty well done. Jordan, did you like the part where James McAvoy is like running like a wildebeest through the yard? <laughs> it's actually pretty cool. Yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We get to see it twice too. There's like the later on where we see that instant replay. You get more, more acceleration when you go on all fours. <laughs> like I guess, that. yeah. <laughs> For two strides and then pop up. <laughs> <laughs> so something happens here, and I'm hoping you guys will help me out. And I'm not sure when it is. It's like when the fight is winding down. All of a sudden, like all the spatial elements and like the staging. Uh, and what they're showing on film spatially does not make sense to my brain at all like there's one part where Bruce Willis like has his back turned for no reason while his son is close to the beast Kevin's dad didn't just take any train and not come home he took the train my dad was on the one that everyone died except my dad
the key to who you are. Mr. Glass killed Kevin's dad. It's like Bruce Willis would not just stand there with his son in danger between him and the beat. Like, I, something fell apart here majorly, and I want you guys to help me put my finger on it. I, I can't figure it out. I agree, because uh, as we, as like five minutes later into the movie, Bruce Willis gets drowned in a small puddle. And I was like, <laughs> doesn't his son see that happening? Why isn't he like going over there and trying to get that guy off of his dad? He's got to be in his line of sight. I mean, this all took place in like 10 square feet or something. It's like, something's it's, not right. Here. Sarah Paulson's character is hanging out with some mysterious dude who you only see like the boots of or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I agree. There's a lot of things that don't make sense at the end. Like, I don't know if is David's back turned here when his son's talking to him, but somehow there's enough time for him to convince the beast, like, nah, Glass is an asshole. Like, kill him instead. Um, but then, yeah, I, and we may come onto it later, but also there's the part where Mr. Glass is dying and the doctor comes in and she's like, so the mom is talking to Mr. Glass um, and the doctor comes in and she's like, could I, could I have a moment to check him? And the mom steps, I guess like a step away, I guess. hundred yards step. Yeah. It's like she barely steps away and the doctor like leans in and tells her like, or tells Mr. Glass her, about the secret society and like all this stuff. They got it wrong in the comics. They talk about secret evil groups trying to stop the heroes. I don't think we are particularly evil, and we don't choose sides. We try to stop both of you. If there is one of you, the opposite of you appears. It escalates. We step in. There just can't be gods amongst us. It's not fair. It has worked just fine for 10,000 years our way. Take consolation in the fact that you were right about your theory. Be at peace. And then the mom steps right back in frame as soon as she's done talking. And like, wait, you didn't hear all those things? There's one part where the SWAT and police are coming and everyone's completely ignoring Mr. Glass in his wheelchair, in his villain garb. Like, like he's just freely wheeling around still. I love his suit. He's dressed like Prince. It's so good. <laughs> hey man, Shyamalan's a master. What can I say? Where'd he get the MG bling too? <laughs> when he gets his rib cage just blasted i cracked up so hard because <laughs> he like falls out of his wheelchair and breaks both of his legs when he hops out of his wheelchair it's hilarious mikey and i, I definitely looked at each other and chuckled <laughs> during that part it is a pretty small town i guess philadelphia that uh splits what was it splits dad is on the same train that killed david dunn's parents <laughs> is that the whole thing Splits dad. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that a thing? Yeah. Yeah. James McAvoy's dad died on the same train that Bruce Willis survived on, which was derailed by Mr. Glass. So they're all kind of connected in some way. Or Mr. Glass in the end is like, oh, I am the origin of all these heroes or whatever. I'm like the creator or something. That's like his 
that was like his main goal. I think, I, or he was just like in a delusion. I still can't tell if he was super smart or just dumb luck. His main goal was to get so many Twitch subscribers by live streaming that whole fight <laughs> to the internet. <laughs> so yeah, and I was trying to describe to my wife Teresa this end scene and what the what note the movie leaves you on, and it's like this pan out in a Philly train station of like a video going viral of people performing like marginal superhero powers. It's like gone crazy, right? That's the ending. Glasses got gone viral. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, it's pretty bad. Uh, we, so and then stupid. you have the three, like you have Glasses' mom, uh, Todd Howard, and Anya Taylor Joy, who we haven't talked about her that much. I thought she was pretty good in this movie, but they're just sitting there in the train station watching the most viral video of all time, just literally spread from person <laughs> to person in the train station. I would watch the first 30 seconds of that video, like, huh, that's some pretty good practical effects, and then turn it off, <laughs> so we can, like, not even watch it. <laughs> All the way through. Somebody edited these gifts pretty good. <laughs> it's like the whole lesson of this trilogy is do it for the vine. Yeah. Basically glass. <laughs> During the final like fight scene too, there's I wanna say at least three or four times where there's like a complete halt in the action and someone has to come in and say like, Wait, 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 wait. In the comics, this is what would happen next. Ba ba ba, and like Ugh. something has to happen, and it totally brings you out of the action and everything. Like, oh right, this is a stupid fucking movie. Yeah, that was another thing. They kept pushing that comic book narrative yeah. so hard. Like, comic books were like a historical document or something, and I was like, what? Why are you pushing this so hard? Nobody is gonna believe that at all. That's I think such a that dumb... was the first thing that turned me on the Sarah Paulson character. She was <laughs> yes. like, "You are not superheroes from the comics." She says that like 19 times. So stupid. I understand that the three of you think you are superhuman. That you don't think you are normal. You've convinced yourselves you have extraordinary gifts, like something out of a comic book. M. Night's like smugness like comes through too. It feels like he's lecturing <laughs> you on what comic books are. Like, let me tell you, kids. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I think we covered the whole movie. Any last thoughts before we get into yes or no's? Yeah, I, I mean, have a last thought. <laughs> do you guys do you guys like spending an hour, an hour and a half setting up these three dudes to like have a big end fight, and then in the last ten minutes, there's a a secret society or as young guns might put it like a sacred hoop at the end <laughs> that is is behind <laughs> that is behind all of this in the last 10 minutes that, that was a really the same weak tattoo. secret society <laughs> a, a, a secret society as in they just all hang out at the same bistro slash bar <laughs> meeting start once at the last customer leaves and they just pull the that's, exactly what, that's exactly what i told josh and everyone like, goes exactly silent at the same time like yeah oh. mikey awesome. was like oh some dude's just getting a sandwich in there he, he doesn't know what he's missing <laughs> He's like, finally, that guy left. Now we can talk about all these superheroes. Comes out of the bathroom like, whoa. (laughs) I'll go first with this yes or no. I think Unbreakable, it dealt with the superheroes and the comics thing. I think it got a little preachy in hindsight, but man, Unbreakable did it really well uh, and really sold it in the end with like grittiness. And like part of what I really liked about it is you think 
Bruce Willis is kind of like a relic of the past. And with this new organization or whatever it is, it's, I guess, widespread, which just kind of cheapens it for me. Um, I like M. Night Shyamalan's career. I think he's like a fascinating follow, but this this movie's a no-dog for me. Um, <laughs> Mikey, uh, thank you. Thank you for going to the theater with me. What what you think? Uh, I like Unbreakable and I like Split. And I was really hoping that uh, Glass was just going to wrap it all up in a nice bow and kind of send them all off after they destroy each other in like the streets of Philadelphia or something. But we didn't get that. And I was pretty disappointed because Split like it felt like it just came out. And I was really excited about glass and it just did not turn out to be what i was hoping and i'm sure m night is happy with this movie <laughs> i'm surprised that i don't know i just wanted something else from this i guess and i'll have to give it a no i thought the setup of the secret society was really dumb and um I don't. I, I just hated it. I didn't like it at all. <laughs> it was just a waste. Of, it was a waste of two hours. I could have watched something else at the movie theater. It's a no dog. Let's head on over to North Carolina with my beloved brother Jordan. Uh, I mean, this is spoilers, so it's going to be a no dog for me. Um, but kind of going into it a little bit more, like. So we've watched a few like Alex Cooper movies and some indie films where I think we say like, oh, like the pieces are kind of there. It's just not quite polished and all that. And I feel like how many feature movies has M. Night had? Like 10 at least now. And he can't tell a fucking story without reverting to like these stupid twists and uh, just like bad storytelling. Like his best movie is probably Signs for me. I, I haven't seen The Sixth Sense in a long ass time. Um, but as like the end to a trilogy and to kill off all these decent characters that you've made and introduce like a terrible secret society at the end that no one knows anything about is uh, just real bad and frustrating. And I wanted to like this movie. I, I liked Unbreakable a lot. Split was fine, but I didn't like the twist at the end. And this was a fitting end to a meh trilogy. Pappy, uh, I don't know if you've been sarcastically hanging on to this movie throughout the thread and this podcast, but give us your final yes or no, please. Well, first of all, that sounds like a little bit of a revisionist history. I don't remember Jordan thinking Split was fine. I remember Jordan really hating Split like I did. and I, I, was, I hated the twist at the end. The rest of I the movie, was, like, eh so ready to watch uh, Glass and feel vindicated in my bad review of Split and be like, yeah, this guy never knew what he was doing. It was always bad, but I just had a lot more fun with Glass than I did with Split, and yeah, it's it's dumb. It's really dumb, but I, I laughed a lot with it. Like, it's not a hard yes. It's a soft yes, but I feel bad for Shambalamp. He's kind of like pigeonholed himself into making one kind of movie and when he deviates from that, it ends up being the last airbender. So he's probably pretty f- afraid to try anything else at this point. But one thing we don't mention with Split, too, is like 
One of the things I hated the most was there's this whole weird subplot of like Anya Taylor-Joy's abuse as a child, which didn't fit in that movie at all. And like this movie kind of abandons anything like that. And there's a lot of moments of, of levity, of dumb, stupid Shyamalan uh, comedy. But I just have a lot more fun with that kind of material. So it is a soft yes for me. And to just finish things out here and to throw back to the split episode, um, quick little trivia just for fun. Uh, Pappy, you were just mentioning how you kind of feel sorry for M. Night Shyamalan. So the question is, what is his net worth in millions? Pappy, you're up. 57 million. Jordan? 12 million. Mikey. 25. Happy Wins actual retail price was 50 million. Wow. What? He's a rich boy. Shamba bling. Bling. (laughs) (laughs) Keep on blinging them, Knight. That was spoilers. Was spoilers. Please support this podcast by leaving us an iTunes review. 